0: Oh, I think it has to be the strength, like the aerobic strength that you get. You get a huge base from trail running. And um, there's that a lot of coaches will say strength is speed. Um, And I think that really comes through with trail stuff, translating to road stuff. Like if you are just that strong, you can run that fast. And I would say too, like I saw um, a well-known physical therapist here this week and he was like, oh, you you like stay stacked really well, um, meaning like my shoulders and then core and when I'm running and my hips land under me and then my foot lands under my hips. Um, he said that's not super typical of a lot of just flat road runners or track runners. Um, so I think the trail really forces you too, to like say, stay strong muscularly so then when you're running on the road your form actually might be better because you've been forced like when you're descending you're really at least for me like you have to focus on keeping your core tight and not letting your top half flop around so that you don't fall on the trail and I think that control the muscle control translates well like in a marathon at the end you can hold your form together a lot better than someone who might not be quite as strong and have that control so I think there's so many compliments that go both ways.
1: Hello, my friends. How are you doing this week? And how is your training proceeding? I'm Francesco. Your host for the podcast Running Long by Bert Run. And this is a new episode with a very special guest that I'm going to introduce very, very soon. From my side, I have just decided to go to Zagama in Spain, which is one of the greatest classics of our sport and the first stage of the 2022 Golden Tour War Series. So I'm, I'm really, really excited. I'm also relieved to have finally put my injuries behind. Um, and started training again. I'm also very excited because as I told you, um, today we have a war champion and a wonderful person chatting with me. And I'm looking forward to ask her some great questions and get to know her a little better. Grayson and Murphy, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
0: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm good.
1: Nice, where are you at the moment?
0: At the moment, I'm in Flagstaff, Arizona.
1: Cool. And how is the thin air, the altitude feeling?
0: Yeah, it's getting very hot and dry now that we're getting into summer. So um, just bought a humidifier today. because <laughs> <This laughs> It's getting pretty dry out.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that. But uh, first, uh, I wanted to say congrats on launching a new collaboration with Vert and for designing a training plans, where I think you shared a little bit your personal approach to trail and mountain running. And uh, we call this training plan, Unlock Your Trail Speed. So if you want to explain a little bit the idea behind it and uh, the structure and maybe give our audience some examples of the the workouts and the sessions that you put in it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I was really excited when Moy and Kirsten reached out. um it's really fun to kind of share my training with other people. Cause I think I do some things a little bit differently than like a typical mountain runner. Um, yeah, so that was really fun to have the opportunity to share with everyone. And so, uh, the plan is really based around like flat, um, running economy and like track speed and road speed, which is kind of not kind of, that is where I get and do most of my training. Um, and the trails are like, the cherry on top bonus runs that I get to do. Um, So that is kind of what lets me do the trail track and road seasons throughout the year. Um, And I'm excited to share that with people. And I think that if you're not someone that lives in a place with easy access to trails then you can still run on the trails, just working on your flat speed and then translating that to climbing power and um, race speed overall. So it's been kind of fun, and I'm excited to see what people think of it and how their races go.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure, I'm excited to check it out. And uh, it's. I think it's really similar to my approach to trail and mountain running because also the the place where I live. Uh, well, like, I do have access to the mountains and to the trails, and I could probably go running in the mountains every day. But I think for me, it's more sustainable to just like run on the roads and develop my running economy and my speed uh like more than you know doing a big elevation every day and it, it i think it considerably considerably slows you down and um especially for some mountain races that is not always the best choice so i really like your approach and uh, it kind of gives a hope to People who don't actually have access to the mountains, because you can still train really, really well and have very good results uh, in trail mountain running, even if you know your your training is based on flat workouts and track and road stuff. So very cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, as long as it's on the probably mountain marathon distance and shorter, I think it. Um, translates really well. Once you start getting to ultra stuff, I think you need to would specify a little more. But for what we do in the mountain races, I think it's perfect.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh what about the the volume? Like, what is the average weekly volume? And uh, if you can give some example of the structure of a typical week of the plan?
0: Yeah. So I think the volume was not. It's not that high. Um, The focus of the plan is definitely on speed and developing a running economy so there's no it's all kind of based around um i think i put a couple runs that were time-based but the rest are mileage or kilometer based so distance based and it's really just kind of getting the miles or kilometers in and not um time on feet focused, which I think is a little different than a lot of like mountain based plans, um, typically are kind of go out for like a two hour run. So, um, I think that's a little different and it's relatively low. It's, and then you have two workouts a week. So those are like interval sessions. Um, one workout is speedier. So like track intervals where you're under threshold. And then one workout is a threshold-based workout. And for people who are like, what's threshold? Um, That's about how long you could run flat as fast as you can for an hour. Um, So it's about half marathon pace, a little bit quicker than that. Um, For for the best athletes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) developing, yeah, true. Developing your aerobic base and then um, adding your speed in. So you're kind of getting two things each week. Um, and then a long run, which sometimes the long run in the plan has a little workout at the end. So you either do, and this is similar to my training. Um, we either do like a fast finish. So the last couple miles you might get a little quicker at the end of your long run or have like an alternating miles long run where you're running a little faster, a little slower, every other mile or kilometer. Um, So yeah, there's that's kind of structure. And then the rest you just fill in with easy days and there's one off day every week. So take advantage of the off day too.
1: For sure. Um, Nice. I I really like it. And um, like, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your training as well. Um, For example, when you're like, when you're focusing your preparation for a track or road, uh race goal do you still run on the trails sometimes like for example for easy runs or long runs and do you do any elevation at all or you just avoid all that
0: yeah yeah I do trails Uh, I ran on the trail today and I'm Mm -hmm. training for road track right now so yeah they're usually easy runs um I don't do trail workouts because I yeah I really get like the fitness comes from the road and track workouts so then the easy days I get to just go play on the trail and not worry about having to push things and just really enjoy it so I think that's the best way to do it (laughs) um really enjoy being out there and I will start once we get a little closer I'll start mountain running in July so probably Mm -hmm. June I'll start alternating long runs um maybe every few weeks I'll do a long run on the trails just to be getting that endurance but I know I'm not scared over um I did 2,500 feet in one run last week too. So it's not something I'm scared of, but it's also not a metric that I kind of base my training off of. Of And I think as the closer we get to transitioning from track to mountain season is kind of when we'll start thinking more cognitively about like, can we get more vert this week? Um, and kind of make that a focus, but for the most part, I just kind of, whatever sounds fun or whatever trail looks cool, I'll do on easy days and then um, track and road stuff on the hard days.
1: Nice. Yeah, sounds a lot like uh, what I, I do too. And of course, as you get closer to the competition, the workouts get more specific for one terrain or another, I think. Exactly. Cool. So you mentioned that you're in Flagstaff because I think it's because you joined the Verde Track Club under the guidance yeah. of John Green. So you moved in altitude in Arizona. Um, how's your training changed with John and with Verde Track Club? And how do you feel about training with two legends like Molly Saddle and Emily Infield?
0: Oh, it's been a really great opportunity. I can't be more grateful um, that John willing like to coaching and that Molly and Emily were welcoming me with open arms. So it's been really exciting. Um training wise, not a ton is different. Um he, john's been working pretty closely with my college coach who was coaching me before to kind of help me transition and they've been comparing notes. So it hasn't been like a huge change and um, it's been felt very smooth so far at least and then getting to see Molly um and Emily we all have kind of different strengths I would say so it's kind of cool in workouts like I might be able to do them a little faster than Molly but she just can crush volume I've never seen anyone like it and (laughs) it's so crazy cool to watch um just like how we all are different but can get like the same thing done so that's been really fun and I'm excited to learn more from them
1: for sure do you think you can bring Molly's handle onto the trails
0: Oh yeah, she was with me today. <laughs> <laughs> She'll do it. We want to run rim to rim one wow. day. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I'll make her do it.
1: <laughs> and uh regarding the the coaching aspect, is is John gonna be your coach also for the trail and monitor branding goals?
0: Yep, yeah. Yeah, I'll have just one coach. Oh, that's really and cool. Easier that way.
1: Yeah, that's yes. really cool. Uh I think it like it shows the importance that, uh, you know, trails and mountains have gained also among the, um, you know, the, 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 track environment, which yeah. I think like it used to be often overlooked, um, uh, but it, things are changing. There's a lot more athletes that are transitioning from the roads, from the track to the trails. Um, a good example, I think is Garrett Heath, which is an, an athlete that I I really respect and I follow. Um, so I think this is another cool thing to mention.
0: Yeah, and I think John's excited too to kind of learn the nuances of coaching trail events versus road and track too. So I get to teach him something. So that's, we're excited for that.
1: <laughs> How do you train on the technical terrain? Like, it sounds like, you don't do a lot of like technical trails of course because your training is mostly speed work and trash workouts and the roads tempo runs and stuff how do you handle that like do you like the technical do you like the descents for example
0: yeah the descents are my favorite Mm -hmm. part I think that's why I didn't The VK was fun that I did, but I felt like the whole fun part of trail running is the descent because you just get to fly and the VK just takes the whole descent away. (laughs) So you're just at the top dying and then that's it. It's over. Um, You have
1: like a a natural talent for that because, you know, a lot of (laughs) people are a little bit intimidated, myself included. Uh, And like, it doesn't really come super natural to me to do a very fast descent on technical terrain. It's fun and, uh, I want to get better. So I need to train for it, but, uh, you know, it's not, it's not easy. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. I think, I guess I've been lucky that the places I've lived, um, Utah and Montana and here, the trails are relatively technical, so it's not nice. hard, um, on the easy days to just get on a pretty technical trail. And then I think steeple helped, um, on the track. Oh yeah, because there's like an element of coordination to that that I think for is sure. similar to the descents and then I really think soccer actually growing up um football for you but <laughs> I think that that like all the footwork that was involved in that that I did growing up translates really well to the agility stuff that you need to be successful descending um I think that helps and then yeah I think it's just fun and I try and like today I'll run up with everyone and then I add on a little at the top and then try and catch them on the descent. So it's kind of a fun game and it forces me to push things a little quicker on the descent just to make sure I'm like um, picking lines right and can still like choose the right steps and be agile while I'm pushing. So it's a good mix I think.
1: Cool yeah it sounds like you've found a good compromise with all the adaptations that are needed to excel on yeah. the technicalities of the trails, mm-hmm. and uh, probably your like your personal background and experiences really helped. I think so, and uh, what are you currently training for? Um, where are your plans for the 2022 season? You mentioned that your first goals on the trails will be in July, so first is uh track, right?
0: Yeah, I was going to do track, um, but my planter has been acting up. So I haven't been able to get in spikes. So now we're kind of pivoting to roads. So I can stay in flats. And so I'll do a couple road races here in the U S um, in June, and then switch over to mountain running in July.
1: Mm-hmm. Any, any specific race that you've already chosen
0: for the road?
1: Oh, uh, for both. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. So for the road, I'll do the US 6K champs. Um, and then the New York mini 10K, which oh, cool. I think is also the US 10K champs this year. And then the Boston 10K. Um, and then in July, uh, US mountain champs is right after and then USVK champs is right the week after that. So I'll have three in a row, which will be a lot. Um, And the pressure's a little off for the U.S. Mountain Champs because I have the auto spot. So hopefully everything's fine, but it's kind of my if like the road stuff leaves me a little banged up, I have a couple weeks to get back into the trail stuff.
1: Of course. So your ultimate goal for the 2022 season is going to be the World Championship in... uh... Thailand.
0: yeah i guess so and i want to do more world cup stuff too i think mm-hmm. so um we'll see i'm still trying to figure out the logistics it's a little hard to get over there and um planning like two months worth of races is kind of hard
1: <laughs> yeah for sure and also i think that the fact that this year the Winter running world cup is pretty much all in europe doesn't really help At least until last year like they had a couple of races in the united states this year it's changed so i think that was not a very fortunate choice for the sport to be more like international and inclusive um but yeah it would be really fun to see you in the mountain running world cup because there i think there are very very nice races and What was your experience last year, for example, in Italy? Did you enjoy
0: it? It was the best. Yeah. I missed you (laughs) though. I didn't get to see you there. But yeah, it was that's why I want to go back. I think Trofeo and would be amazing to go back to. um, Cambronk added a VK. So that would be an interesting new twist to that um, setup. And I think the US is planning to do the challenge Stellina too. So I would hopefully try and get on that team. Um, and then maybe link up those three races for three weeks. Um, but yeah, that was kind of, it's the Italians love mountain running. And that was such a cool thing to see because in the U S the sentiment is not quite the same. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of people in the U S think trail running is only ultra running yeah, and (laughs) it's just not the case. So that was really cool to have people understand like what you're doing and think that it's cool
1: yeah yeah this is a question that i actually wanted to ask so i take the chance right now because uh like in america it seems quite difficult to get people excited for races that are not western states or hard rock or other ultra distances but there is a whole world uh in what we call mountain running or the sub ultra distances mm-hmm. and uh, of course you don't have to run ultra races to call yourself a trail runner and why do you think it's like that? And like, how do you see this issue?
0: I guess my best guess is most people don't even know that subultra exists. So they don't even, it's kind of an ignorance, I guess, on their part. But um, there's not a huge amount of mountain races in the US to begin with, especially on the East Coast. On the West Coast, we have more. Um, like the Cirque series Mm -hmm. are very similar to the races I did in Europe last summer. So, but that's like a Utah, Montana, Colorado thing. And I think outside of those States, a lot of people don't realize um, that that's available. So I think it's just kind of a hidden and not well-known. And I do think too, like the Western States is, it's been around for so long that it kind of towers over any reputation that a little mountain race might have, but it's growing for sure. And I think like having Joe gray, I think that's really cool. He was in the New York times, um, this week. So that's great for the sport. And I think just seeing that in like a mainstream media outlet is going to be huge, pushing it forward.
1: Yeah. I was actually reading his article this morning and I thought it was a really cool thing. Uh, I feel like also like the like probably mountain running is mainly taken care by federations who have not done a very good job at promoting the sport. Not as much as like big circuits, private circuits like UTMB or I don't know, the boards of West Estates or other big ultra events. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a matter of the narrative that he's behind the sport as well um i think a lot of times it's, it's up to us as athletes to like encourage people to try mountain running to like like let people know that there is something cool in this in this yeah. sport in this segment of trail running that uh that is actually called mountain running so yeah. i would I like to
0: run 100 miles
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because like if if people think that trail running is just about running the 100 milers then it's it's not a very accessible sport for for most people (laughs) so i think we need to change this kind of narrative and uh, part of it is up to us part of it is up to the media i think cool Um, Talk a little bit about the Cirque series, which I think is a really cool project. Um, I, I was like, I noticed last year that there was a really good competition, good races and great support for the athletes. And there is actually a stage in Europe this year, it's in Switzerland. And I think it's in August, if I am not wrong. So for like, maybe for people who don't know, talk a little bit about the Cirque series.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cirque series um, started by Julian Carr. He's like a free ride snowboarder. So adrenaline donkey himself. And uh, he just realized that there weren't um, a ton of mountain races. I don't know if he called them that, but he realized like there weren't trail races that weren't ultras. And basically the idea was like, oh, let's get to the cirque of the mountain and then run back down as fast as you can. So they're not meant to be um, slow. They're meant to be like, get up and get down fast and technical. And so it started in Utah, which is fun because that's where I'm at. And um, Salt Lake, I think has three usually at um, three of the ski resorts. And then um, they've branched out now to sometimes Wyoming, Colorado, Idaho. Um, So they're really cool. They're generally under 12k i would say Mm -hmm. and have a good amount of vert and they're very technical for the most part um and it's pretty much straight up and straight down and just kind of as fast as you can and they usually take about well for me they take about an hour ish just over an hour um joe runs them maybe a little under an hour so they're really fun and in the u.s i feel like they're growing now to have some good competition like joe and i are are at several throughout the year they're great training runs for what i saw in europe um i don't think there haven't been any other mountain races in the u.s that i've been able to get like that technical with i think Mm -hmm. broken arrow might be one that i haven't done but that might kind of come close to that level of being technical um and yeah they have a They've been around for a while. So now they have one in Europe, which is exciting to see. And um, it'd be fun to try and do that one at the end of my Europe trip too. But the vibe too is really fun. Julian does a great job of making it kind of like a party at the end. And there's always beer and music and food and lots of people out there just celebrating, having a good time. So it's not like super serious. And um, they upped the prize money this year too. So Mm -hmm. that was really cool to see. So now for the pros, the win is... $2,000, which is great. And that is really close or more than what a lot of the World Cup races are actually. So I think it's moving us in the right direction of setting a good precedent of attracting um, pro athletes to come run these races because gear doesn't pay rent. So it's cool. But I think a lot of (laughs) uh, pro athletes, we need to get paid so that we can pay our bills. And uh, it's cool that they're supporting us like that.
1: Yeah, that's why I really like the project, like it supports athletes, but at the same time, it's like there is room for everyone because like Mm -hmm. they have the pro category and then they have the other categories that they're a little bit like more welcoming, but there is really a room for any type of athlete. And I think this is is the best way to develop the, the movement and the sport. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you also about, um, the experience in Patagonia when you became the mountain Ring world champions, because I think that was a very meaningful race for me. It was a great memory for me as well, because I probably had one of my best races there with, uh, with Jim in the long distance championship, but, um, like, uh, looking back after almost three years, how, like (laughs) how do you remember that
0: oh it's yeah I'm excited to get back I've been looking forward to it for so long um it keeps getting postponed so fingers (laughs) crossed that this year actually happens finally um but that's one of my best memories too and I think because it was so unexpected for me um that it's been kind of something I like Used to keep myself motivated too. Like you can do things you don't even expect you can do, um, and don't ever quit on yourself because you never know what will happen.
1: So, so two thousand nineteen was the first year you tried try mountain running.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Actually, had
0: did... a series race it was my first mountain race ever, first trail race ever.
1: Oh, cool! And yeah. did what prompted you to make this like? try trail running
0: i was really burnt out on the track and the road and i've come full circle actually because i was here in flagstaff with a different team that just didn't align with me and kind of what i wanted out of life and training and stuff so i left and went home um and it was my birthday and i was like well there's a trail race the cirque series race and it sounds like fun so why not i'll just do it it's like my birthday present to myself um and had a blast and it was so much fun. I ended up getting second to Anna May or to Morgan, actually. Um, and then people were like, she's an Olympian in Nordic skiing, but also a very well-known mountain runner. And they're like, you should try more of this. So it's like, okay, this is so much fun. Why not? And just kind of like snowballed from there and ended up in the races and did US champs and won that one and was like, this is fun. So I'll keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cool. You make it. You make it sound so so easy, but uh, you know there is a whole set of skills that you need to have in order to be successful in trail mountain running as well as track and field, of course. Yeah. What are the challenges that you find uh, on the track as opposed to the trails, for example?
0: Oh, on the track, I think for me and i definitely don't think everyone has this problem but i have a lot harder time pushing myself on the track than on the trails um i don't know why but i think <laughs> like on the trail i can run till i like black out but on the track you can't do that um or you won't finish the race like it's a really fine line i feel like when you're on the track of crossing over into getting anaerobic and then you're done like if you're yes. not two laps from the finish. Your race is over. There's no coming back. So I think that's kind of like hard for me. And the track exposes you. There's no lying on the track. Um, it, it'll show you what fitness you don't have very quickly. So I think mentally for me, that's kind of hard to um, just the numbers and it's very black and white. We're on the trail, like you have different trails, you have different conditions, different days, um, different rocks in different places, even on different days. So I think like the variables kind of give me some relief from expectation and allow me to just compete and try my best, um, where the track is, there's a lot, it's very fine-tuned and one wrong thing can like really disrupt the whole race.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, like on one side, it's something that I really like the fact that on the track you have to be like so precise and there is such a fine line between a good performance and a bad performance in some yeah. ways. <laughs> uh, like, for example, if you're running a, I don't know, a 5,000 meter race, if you run like 20 or 30 seconds slower than what you think, it's a total misestimation of your fitness basically and you're totally upset with your result like on the trail like you run two minutes slower and most of the time you don't even realize that and like it's it's a it's it's just a man-to-man race basically (laughs) so it's 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 totally different from this this point of view but the precision that and the like yeah being like so accurate and taking care of the small details that track training requires is something that I really like and uh, I like to keep this balance with the trails that is like a bit more freedom and a bit more creative in some ways so Yeah. yeah like in part of the year I like to do that and maybe like towards the winter or spring I like to move to the roads and to the track more
0: yeah yeah it's definitely I think there's like advantages to each and fun Mm -hmm. parts about each um but then yeah I'm not a person that I like the creativeness like you said and like the free flow of trails and so that's why I can't do track all year round because I get kind of burnt out if Mm -hmm. I do it too long because it is just like stressful for me thinking about all all those variables, trying to get them so precise and dialed. Sometimes you just want to go run. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And that—that that is probably the reason that you like started having a career on the trails uh, and not just on the track, because that, I think that that makes you a very peculiar case. Like there is not very many athletes like you that... Are able to excel both on the roads the track and on the trails and is something that is really cool um talking about the the technical aspect what are the benefits of having a really strong background on the roads and uh on the track and like how do you transfer those qualities on the trails
0: i think for me like like we were talking earlier that just the running economy and the base fitness you can get on the road and the track um, translates really well, like to climbing especially and just being fit because fit is fit. Like if you're fit and you can run up anything. So um, I would say too, fit is fit with a little asterisk. of like you have to have some strength there too because I know like if you only run flat and you don't have, you have like one plane of motion, Um, the climbing is going to get tiring and then that's where it kind of that theory fails so um, yeah I think like being strong from soccer and like multilateral directions has been really helpful and strength training to complement the lift or the running flat um, translates well to running uphill and like I don't practice hiking ever in training um that's just something that like kind of happens when the grade gets too steep in a race and i have to hike so i think that's kind of where that comes from and um yeah kind of a long-winded answer but
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that's uh that's perfect that's very useful and uh how does the opposite happen like what how do you think your trail training benefits the road and track running like i think we've seen really good examples uh this spring of how this is completely true yeah. um for example with the performance of Nika brinkman running two hour 22 at the Rotterdam marathon and yeah. uh <laughs> another friend of mine xavier chevrier who is a really strong mountain runner from italy he ran a sub 62 half marathon so like pretty impressive performances on on the roads and like these athletes of course they train specifically for those events but in the rest of the year they're trail runners basically so there must be something that helps them uh be so successful on the roads for example
0: oh i think it has to be the strength like the aerobic strength that you get you get a huge base from trail running and Um, there's that a lot of coaches will say strength is speed. Um, And I think that really comes through with trail stuff, translating to road stuff. Like if you are just that strong, you can run that fast. And I would say too, like I saw um, a well-known physical therapist here this week and he was like, oh, you, you like stay stacked really well. Um, Meaning like my shoulders and then core and i'm running and my hips land under me and then my foot lands under my hips um he said that's not super typical of a lot of just flat road runners or track runners um so i think the trail really forces you to to like say stay strong muscularly so then when you're running on the road your form actually might be better because you've been forced like when you're descending you're really, at least for me, like you have to focus on keeping your core tight and not letting your top half flop around so that you don't fall on the trail. And I think that control, the muscle control translates well, like in a marathon at the end, you can hold your form together a lot better than someone who might not be quite as strong and have that control. So I think there's so many compliments that go both ways. And Ninky's performance, was mind-blowing that was so cool and I messaged her and I was like you're an inspiration because that's something I would like to do um yeah. is run a mar- road marathon and it's just cool to see someone else doing like what I want to do too because I haven't really had that um like someone to look up to or their performances were both equally great on the road and the trail there's just not that many people out there so that was really cool
1: totally yeah I'm gonna meet uh, Ninge in uh, in Zagama. I actually recorded a podcast with her a couple of weeks ago, where she cool. say like she yeah she described in detail her preparation and, uh, we talked a lot about her marathon. It was it was really cool. And now she's uh, yeah now she's transitioning onto the trails because she's still planning to do the trail running season uh, of the Golden Tour series. So she's be, she's gonna be in Zagama. And then she will run the European Championship in in the marathon in uh in August. So oh my gosh. Wow.
0: yeah, Go that's gonna
1: be very interesting.
0: Will you be at the Golden Trail Series here in Flagstaff?
1: I think so. Yeah, really? I'm planning to do both U.S. races, and I'm really looking forward to visit Flagstaff really? because it sounds like a mecca of uh, endurance for like yeah. for endurance <laughs> athletes. There is, yeah. Uh, Trail trail (laughs) athletes, uh, roads, track athletes. So it's gonna be a lot of fun, and I think I will stay there for a while.
0: (laughs) Great, yeah. Message me then, maybe. For sure. Okay, yeah.
1: For sure. Thank you. And uh, regarding what you said, I found that I find that um, what is really helpful about uh, someone who is used to running on the trails and like in the mountains. And wants to race, like wants to have goals on the road and on the track is like the ability to face adversity, like to adapt to changing conditions and to tough conditions, basically both in training and during the race, because like if you're, if you're only training with very controlled conditions and the environment, uh, then when one, when one variable is not in the right place, you're going to be. You know, you're going to be lost, and uh, I think that is much easier to handle when you're used to all the variability that you find on the trails. Uh, that, yeah. for That's example, for example, like when it's like when it's really steep uh, that you need to walk. Uh, someone may be, you know, uh, not under control or like uncomfortable walking because, oh, walking in a race, that's not, it's not good, but then you're forced to walk and you just do it. And, you know, you find a way, you find a compromise, you find a way to move forward. And I think mentally it translates really well to the way uh, an experienced and strong athlete approaches his training, regardless it's on the trails and on the roads. That's a
0: great point. Yeah, being resilient, I guess, is what the trail teaches. Yeah,
1: probably that's the right word, but it's something that I find in athletes that uh, have this ability to compete and be successful on different terrains, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I guess, my mind went to like physical things, but the mental aspect is a huge crossover, and Mm -hmm. I think that's why. I think I like trail running more because it, it's more than just, <laughs> um, did you hit the splits? It's like, you just got to put one foot in front of the other and find a way. And whether you're walking or running or falling down the mountain, you're going to get there. Um, and I like that. I think it's more problem solving and mm-hmm. just a lot more like mentally involved too, than running the same split every lap, trying to hit a pace.
1: Yeah. Yeah, in, in, in track running, in some ways, you're trying to, uh, like, be in control of all the variables and try to, like, yeah, maybe uh, have a really small number of variables to focus on and, like, get really super specific on some aspect of your training, which is nice. Yeah. but. In the end, it, it gets uh, stressing, I think, a little bit for, yeah. for the mind. It's good
0: in small doses. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> cool. Uh, regarding the, the mental aspect of training and racing, uh, I was reading a post that you shared that May is the month of uh, mental health. And uh, I think you've partnered with, uh, like, you seem to be someone who, Uh, like cares about this, this aspect a lot. And uh, I've also find myself struggling with my mental health in these periods where, when I've been injured and I've been away from running for a very long time and just, it's not just been because of my injury, but it's like pretty much everything related to that and different aspects of my life. So I wanted to ask you, um, like, have you ever been in in a, have you ever struggled uh, with your mental health? And if so, how do you take care of it, basically?
0: Oh, yeah, I definitely have struggled. I think anyone who says they haven't struggled is lying to you and don't trust them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's like part of life and nobody's perfect. Um, for me, I've had like anxiety since I was really little and it's come in different forms and my mom will tell you I was like an anxious little kid too. So I think that's just been something that's been like something I've always been working on and always kind of dealing with and managing or coping with because I don't know that that's ever something I'm going to completely solve or fix. I think that's just going to be part of who Grayson is and what makes me me. And um, sometimes it can be helpful because it, I have like a high functioning anxiety where I'll like get everything done and do everything all at once. Um, but to the point where then it becomes detrimental because I like don't take care of myself on other aspects. So I think kind of just learning that and then learning to talk about it with people and learning that everyone has their thing and that's just part of them. And we all deal with something is really important. And I don't know that it seems like it's becoming more mainstream now that we can talk about this. And like when Naomi Osaka um, pulled out of her tennis stuff, I think that was cool. And I felt sorry that she got so much backlash for that because I can guarantee you like every athlete has felt similar um, at some point during their career. And it was really brave of her to do that. So I think the more we can just all kind of stand up and say we're doing things. Um, And then taking care of it. I like to like names. I call it my mental health toolbox because I also don't think there's one thing that's going to fix it every time. Um, Like sometimes I might need medication and sometimes I might need to talk to a therapist. Sometimes I might need both. Sometimes I might just need like to go watch a movie and eat some ice cream. So I think there's like a lot of different ways you can care for your mental health. So I think too, like talking about that and saying like that we have these tools that we use and that like we normalize medication and we normalize therapy and normalize all these things, then it lets other people who maybe say, I don't struggle with mental health, Mm -hmm. realize like it's okay if you do. And there's like so many ways to take care of you and help you feel better that's just been my approach and why like I want to be outspoken about it on social media. Um, I have a captive audience. So I think it's kind of, I feel like it's my responsibility to talk about it and be the one that says, yeah, sometimes I take medication. Sometimes I see a therapist and I can still go win races and be successful as a human. And it doesn't make me lesser than um, and sometimes you need to remind yourself of that too when you're not feeling good so mm-hmm. it's kind of goes both ways it's a mutual symbiotic um relationship i guess of like sharing and then feeling like people can relate
1: yeah thank, thank you for sharing this i i really appreciated your your words and found myself like I. Could really relate to to what you said. I think mental health has been a taboo for for a very long time, uh, especially among among the athletes. Uh, it seems like as professional athletes, we are kind of supposed to have a certain range of issues or problems that we can deal with, and other problems that we cannot. But in fact, we're we're not different from any other people. We're we are people. So. Like It's normal that we have health issues, mental issues, and it takes courage to deal with them. And I think it's also a chance to get you know yourself better in some aspects of your personality. So yeah, it takes courage and it's it's not easy, but once you do it, I think you feel grateful to yourself. At least I was. And um, I was very inspired by the story of uh, some athletes of uh, like people who chose to share their own experience as you did for example um, I wanted to mention for example a podcast that um, Tim Tolfson has made with uh, Dylan Bowman uh, where he goes in you know in, in great detail about his mental uh, struggles and uh, I, I was, like I could really relate to him and uh, it it's really helped me a lot. So I think when people speak up and uh, are open about it, they can be very inspiring and uh, useful to to their audience to whether it's on social media or in real life. So thank you for sharing that.
0: My pleasure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, to kind of go towards the end of our conversation. Um, You're also a business owner because I think it was two or three years ago that you started making and selling training journals and planners. Um, So I wanted to ask you, where does this idea come from and uh, how is the project going?
0: Oh, yeah, it's been so fun. It's been a whirlwind. Um, I did not major. In business in mm-hmm. university, so it has definitely been kind of like flying by the seat of my pants and just learning as we go. But it's been a really fun experience, and um, this is the fourth year. And I originally decided to do it. I had made one for myself and kind of hand drew everything, and it was kind of just an arts and crafts project because I was bored and wanted one. Um, but I wanted a place where I could keep my training, and then my life planning in one place. Cause I've always had a written training long. And I think a lot of runners do um, a lot of athletes do, but I also was like, well, but and then I have a daily planner. So now I'm carrying around like two books all the time <laughs> and i have to switch back and forth and that's annoying. And I kind of, at the time too was like, wait a minute, like my training's important and I'm a pro athlete, but my life is just as important and I have things outside of training that still matter. And um, that also contribute to training. Like life stress is, I think a lot of athletes don't really realize how much life stress can contribute to training stress. And your body just knows stress is stress. So if, like, I moved this week, um, but if I'm wondering why I'm tired, it's not because I've trained really differently. It's because I moved and that's like a huge life stress. So I think for me, like having all that one place where you can see, like, what did I do today in training? And then what did I do outside of training? You get a more full picture of what you're doing, um, which allows you to kind of move forward with just more knowledge and um, realize like, oh, maybe I shouldn't train as hard this week because I have a huge test coming up and that's adding to my overall stress load or um, whatever is happening in your life. So that's where the idea came from. And then it kind of just took off. I Like people really liked the idea, so I've kept doing it and it's just been growing quicker than I can keep up with, um, which is a great problem to have. But um, yeah, it's been really exciting. And actually, if you get the vert run plan, you get 25% off a training log. Yeah, so that's- I'll
1: definitely put the link uh to to your shop in the in the show notes
0: we do ship i we it's me there's no we Mm -hmm. (laughs) i do all the uh i don't have like a team of people well i have my fiance helps a little but um i ship internationally too that's a common question so um that's been easy and yeah it's fun to just keep like connecting with people in the running community and a way outside of performances and Um, running specifically, where we can relate on like, you had a busy day, I had a busy day, glad we put it in our journal together. And um, they also have mental health prompts every month. So that was kind of a way for me to to continue harping on (laughs) that mental health matters. And it's important to kind of check in with yourself. And um, so the prompts are like, they kind of guide you through the year, but they're meant to just kind of be little check-ins be like how are you doing what's going on like make sure you're okay um so yeah it's been fun and really happy to be doing it
1: very cool and i think it's it's uh, very important to like have your training log and your life planner or diary in one place because as athletes we always tend to want to do more and we tend to silence all the stress that comes from outside of training and outside of the sport but it really has a big impact on how we train and how we react to to training how for example how the body recovers mm-hmm. so i try to teach my athletes as well that it's very important to take into consideration uh like all everything else that they have in their life besides training it like it's a it's a balance basically yeah. that needs to take into account everything else um and it's it's not easy it's it's always a delicate a fine line and um yeah i think a, a tool like your, your journal could could really help and uh i would definitely consider getting one <laughs> i oh, yeah. i i asked you already yeah. but uh, <laughs> i i haven't got it yet so
0: I can ship you one to Italy.
1: (laughs) Or when you come here.
0: Yeah, I'll just bring it with me. (laughs) Or when you come here.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) We'll we'll probably cross paths uh, this summer.
0: Yes, I hope so.
1: Cool. Um, Final topic that I wanted to touch uh, is um, like your relationship with social media. I think uh, like, as athletes, um, we're like we are exp- exposed to social media. A lot of us uh, likes to be on social media, like to have a presence on social media. But at the same time, um, having a healthy relationship with them, it's not always easy. Um, I think that personally, I see them as a tool, basically, to keep in touch with people. To stay updated about things that happen, to also like have access to information that I wouldn't otherwise be able to read or or get, and also of course like sharing about my personal journey in running and in life, uh, sometimes with you know the ambition of being useful to someone, being somewhat inspiring, and. Um, I think I really like your profile and the way you express your opinion also on sensitive topics sometimes, and you stand for important issues. And uh, I just like the the way you share in general. How do you feel about about it? Like, how do you feel about your presence on social media?
0: Yeah, I think it's a balance, like you said, and um, as a professional athlete, I think that's part of the game. Like I know there's some people that might have more old school opinions or perspectives and think like, Mm -hmm. well, you just should be running and that's it. And I, we're just so past that as a society, um, that I think we have to look at it as a tool and you just got to play that game. But I think too, you can have boundaries for yourself. So like I'll speak up about important things. Like um, in the U S we were, dealing with abortion rights right now Mm and um uh, lgbtq plus stuff and things that are important to me mental health stuff i feel like i i don't like harp on about it but i think it's important to like make it known where i stand on it too um but then not kind of be pushing that on to other people necessarily um that's kind of where i try and balance myself because Personally, I don't like feeling like I'm pushing my views on other people. Um, I can let you know where I stand, and you can let me know where you stand, and that's fine if we aren't in the same place. Um, But yeah, I think that's kind of how I view it, and I have boundaries for myself, too. Like, I don't share everything about my life on social media. There are things that Uh, like my sister got married and I chose not to share that because that was like a really special moment for me and her and our family. And I don't want to invite 80,000 people also (laughs) into that moment. I want that to be intimate and special, like something that just we have. Um, So, yeah, I feel like when you're on social media, like you can share stuff, but you can have boundaries about what you share too. And don't feel like you have to share everything about your day. Um, you can pick and choose and that's okay. And at least that's how I view it. Um, Cause we're human at the end of the day and maybe some people like that, but other people need some privacy too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think balancing that. And then it's fun to work with brands too. It's a fun way to be a brand ambassador and for better or worse, that's kind of where um, pro sports is right now or pro running at least with sponsorship yeah. and stuff. So I think leaning into it um, if you want to get paid is a good way to go. But yeah, overall, it's a good tool. And I get inspired by tons of people on social media every day mm-hmm. and um, with the mental health stuff, too. If I help one person get help um, for their mental health or feel like it's OK to go on medication if they need it or go talk to a therapist, I feel like that's worth it at the end of the day for me to be sharing stuff so um it's a tool that can be used for good if you're really thoughtful about it
1: yes and i i definitely think you are um because i i really like that your your presence on social media the way you share you talk about uh also sensitive topics that uh kind of increase people awareness of, about mm-hmm. different issues and uh Yeah, I think, uh, like in our world, it's it's pretty much impossible to ignore that and just like you know focus on being an athlete and uh, just not be on social media because after all, they're they're also a marketing tool, and we all know that opportunities and sponsorships are given or taken away based on metrics and numbers that an athlete is able to generate on social media and that's that can be a good thing or a bad thing i'm not here to discuss that <laughs> but they're a tool uh, as you as you said so yeah of course uh, we're like our own brand ambassadors on social media sometimes and uh, it's part of the profession of being an athlete in 2022 i think
0: yeah, I agree.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um I think uh that was everything I wanted to talk about. Uh I really appreciate you taking the time for this interview. And Thank
0: you uh so much for staying up late for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no problem, it was fun. And yeah, uh like I I will let you know uh what people think about your training plan. I think we're going to have some great feedback about it. I, I already know that there is a lot of people who have signed up, so great. it's pretty exciting. And as people complete your training plan, uh, we'll be able to give you some feedback. Yeah, and, uh, fast
0: everyone runs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, all the best with your road running. And then I'll see you in the mountains probably.
0: Okay, sounds good.
1: Thank you, Grayson. Have a great day. you. You too. Bye, guys. And thank you for listening today.